Welcome back, Rosebuds, to Volume 11 of Ghost Tales to Tell in the Dark. Today we have seven stories for you. Yes, I know, I know, the title of this video says six true tales, and that's because six are true and one is not. Make sure to listen all the way to the end. You can decide as you listen which one is the fictional tale. Sit back dim the lights, and settle in for seven haunted house ghost tales to tell in the dark. Story number one, The Shadows Dance. When I was three years old, my family bought a new house for the first time. The home we lived in before was a rental and the owners kicked us out with only five months of forewarning. I have little memory due to being an infant, but I do remember small bits and pieces like having to be potty trained before moving, so I know I must have been very young. When we got to the new house, I was ready to play with random things my mom packed for me, but we had to do some housewarming stuff and I met the kids next door. They were a Muslim family and greeted us with a feast, some kebabs, and rice. Ramadan had just ended, and they had a tradition of having a feast at the end. One of the children, Hassan, whispered to us, Sometimes I see shadows dance across my room. I wonder if you'll see them too. I went on without much thought of what he said, since at that time, I still believed toys were alive. That night, I lay in my bed, hugging my Care Bear plush, when I saw these shadows summon out of the floor and dance across my room, twirling, flying, bowing. Then they receded into the floor again. I laughed to myself, oblivious to the strangeness of those events. Then, in the corner of my room, a shadow around the size of a seven-year-old walked towards me slowly. I got scared and cried for my mom. She came to comfort me and said it was just a bad dream and brought me to her room to sleep. As the parent's bed magic goes, I woke up in my own bed with no proof I was in her bed to begin with, and went on with my day. For the next couple of years, the shadows kept dancing in my room. I named them and befriended them, at least in my mind. I eventually learned my house was built upon an old graveyard with bodies that were never moved. I believed those shadows were likely ghosts of the deceased dancing until the end of time and trying to contact the living. Story number two, Peekaboo, I See You. When my daughter was born, I would be the one to primarily put her to bed in her crib at night. I would rock her back and forth in an old chair in the corner of the room. One night, I was rocking her to sleep. She perked up and started waving at the wall in the room. It was weird, but children do weird things, so I brushed it off. She would do weird things like this every other night. However, the creepiest moment was one night when she was sleeping in our bed. Both my daughter and I woke up at the same time, out of a dead sleep in the middle of the night. I saw that the door to our bedroom was wide open, and my daughter propped herself up, giggled, and covered her eyes, saying, Peekaboo, I see you, into the darkness. This would be creepy enough on its own, but my daughter was really young and couldn't say very many phrases at the time. 
And this was the first time she ever said those words. Needless to say, it was an uneasy night. Story number three, The Little Hotel Ghost. As far as paranormal experiences go, I suppose this one is very tame, but considering I've not had one, thought it would be fun to share. For our five-year wedding anniversary, my husband and I stayed in an old Victorian farm home in New Hampshire, converted into a bed and breakfast. It was a historic home, so pretty old. The host's tradition was always to give the guests a little tour and history of the home. They boasted that the home was haunted. I imagine it was part of their marketing appeal. My husband and I were both skeptics until we experienced what we did. We were told that the family who owned the home were unfortunate enough to lose their youngest two-year-old child to pneumonia in the 1850s. The room that was used as the nursery had the most haunted happenings. And wouldn't you know it, that's the room we were staying in. However, we weren't concerned. To keep in with the theme of the history, the room had a small rocking chair and a few little porcelain dolls on the shelves. The artwork in the room was more indicative of a child's nursery. Overall, the room had a bright and welcoming feel to it, so we weren't concerned. At about 2 a.m., I wake up to this creaking sound. I was groggy, and it took me a minute to get my bearings that I wasn't at home. I noticed in the shadows of the room that the rocking chair is moving back and forth way more vigorously than any draft in the room would be able to produce. I shake my husband awake and he sits up and sees the rocking chair moving back and forth as well. Both of us are stunned into silence and just keep watching as slowly it stops rocking after about five minutes. We were silent for a while, and then he turns to me and said, It's really strange. I was having a dream about a little kid dressed in period clothing, running around playing in an open field. I still tend to be more skeptical than believer, but this experience certainly shook me of any rational explanation I could come up with. Story number four. It wanted me alone in the garage. A lot of things went down in this house, but out of all the spooky things that have happened to me there, this one just crossed my mind after 18 years. I was 14 years old living in Orange County with my two sisters and my mother. We had a rough upbringing, so renting an actual house was like a dream come true for us at that time, until we realized we were living in a haunted house. The garage was scary as hell, even in the daylight with people around. It just always gave me an irrational feeling of something being there that I couldn't see. When the garage door was shut, it was pitch black. No light at all from outside could get through that garage door. During the summer, I would wake up early. I would listen to my CDs on my radio. Every time I came in or out, I'd make sure my bedroom door was shut because mom liked to sleep in the living room on the couch right outside my bedroom. Also, I would clean my room, the kitchen, and bathroom before I would ask my mom if I could meet my best friend to hang out for the day. This particular morning, the funky spooky things of the house started early. 
As I walked out of my bedroom, shut my door, walked down the hall passing two bedrooms and the restroom, I noticed something from the corner of my eye in the kitchen, like a silhouette of a person that vanished. Just for context, this was becoming a normality living here. My mom's bedroom was directly outside the bathroom doorway to the right, and it had a private bathroom which led to the garage. Well, as I was walking out of that restroom, I saw a person walking into my mom's bedroom, like a woman. I assumed this was my mother, since we were the only ones home. Thinking it was my mom, I asked if I could go to my friend's house, and the bedroom door shuts in my face. I was so offended, I was thinking, wow, rude today much? I opened the door and asked again if I could go to my friend's when the bathroom door started pulling shut. I finally opened the bathroom door and said, Mom! I realized the door that enters into the garage was wide open. That door was very heavy and did not stay open on its own, ever, and it was pitch black in the garage. In that moment, I knew it wasn't my mom, so I ran out, shut her bedroom door behind me, started towards my bedroom, when I noticed my bedroom door was wide open. I was standing in my room, confused, and realized my radio was now off. I tried turning it back on multiple times and saw it was actually unplugged. I went to the living room to wake my mom up and ask if she had been in my room and unplugged my radio. She said she didn't ever go into my room or touch my radio that morning because she was still sleeping. I don't even know why I had to ask if she went into the garage through her bedroom for clarification, but needless to say, it wasn't her either. Mom was freaked out and asked me to please not leave her there alone, but I did. I feel bad about not staying. Anyways, that night, I didn't want to come back home. I know whatever it was lurking around our house wanted me to go into that garage alone. Story number five, my neighbor's house. This story I'm about to tell is the first spooky experience I remember as a child. I don't remember how old I was, probably no older than 12. My younger sister and I were friends with our neighbor's granddaughter, who was often at her grandparents' house while her mom worked. We'd take turns going to each other's houses. The girl we played with, I'll call her Jay, had pretty much free reign over the house while her grandma, who was a nurse, slept during the day. We weren't allowed upstairs, though. This house was like my parents'. Jay's grandparents were the first owners. They were good Christian people, but Jay had a rough childhood and was a pathological liar. We had a lot of drama between the three of us. One day while Grandma was sleeping, we decided to sneak upstairs. There were at least three bedrooms, beautifully decorated with antique furniture and decor. We decided to each pick a room and pretend it was our own to play house. We even had some baby dolls to add to our fun. After a while, I began to feel uncomfortable, and it was like I was being watched. I met back up with Jay and my sister and told them I didn't feel right being up there. My sister felt the same way. Jay 
then told us that when she was younger, she'd hear voices from upstairs. It was hard to know when she was telling the truth, though. Regardless of whether she was lying, all three of us felt freaked out upstairs. I couldn't really understand why. It wasn't just that we weren't supposed to be up there either. We decided to go downstairs and never played upstairs again. Every now and then, I'd look up at the top level of their house from my house window and get this awful feeling of irrational dread. Story number six, Lord of the Flies. To preface this story, in 2007, my best friend and I bought a 60-something acre farm in British Columbia, Canada. There are two homes situated about a football field apart. Both homes have had many paranormal things happen in them. Both homes are over 100 years old. The house I chose when we bought the farm was actually an old converted barn that had been turned into a house. I had many paranormal experiences while living there, and this one might be one of the more innocuous ones, as it wasn't even the most scary, but very unsettling. In 2007, when we bought the farm, it was just the two of us girls. As the years progressed, though, each of us ladies would find the men we would one day marry, and since we loved our farm in the mountains, we each moved our men in with us. This story happened first to my husband John, but I witnessed the aftermath. It was on a week that I had gone out of town for a few days. My husband called me and said there was a tornado warning. We lived in a river valley, and this was the second tornado that we had experienced. They would develop over the lake and make their way down the ravine of the valley we lived in. A few hours passed, and my husband sent me a text and video. The video and pictures he sent me were something out of a horror movie, and I mean that absolutely literally. It was like a scene straight out of the Amityville horror movie. It was a video of our bedroom, just our bedroom, and every single surface was covered in flies. How many? I don't really know. They filled the room, and when I got home the next day and had to help clean all the dead carcasses of the flies, it felt like tens of thousands. They were so thick, the hum and buzz was nauseating. Now, I really, really want to think that this was a natural occurrence. Maybe it had something to do with the tornado. Except, I already had a lot of paranormal and supernatural encounters in that home, so it was hard to accept the explanation. So, short of the Amnityville horror story, has anyone ever heard of tens of thousands of flies all converging in one location in a home? Story number seven, Haunted Military Housing. I lived in military housing in upstate New York. We had a number of paranormal events occur, but one scared the sh out of me. My wife and I were both asleep one night, and were awakened by boots walking down our hallway. They walked past my bedroom. I heard my bathroom door open. The person walks into my bathroom, and then the steps fall silent. 
Now, my bathroom and bedroom were at the end of my hallway, and due to some shoddy construction, the door from the bathroom opened towards my bedroom, and the bedroom door opened towards the bathroom. Every night, we had to shut the bathroom door just so we could use our bedroom door. Anyways, I slowly got up and opened my bedroom door, only to have it hit the bathroom door because it was cracked open about six inches. I was able to push the bathroom door out of the way. No one was in the house. For context, it's interesting to note that my wife and I both believed the haunting was the ghost hazing me for being the new soldier around. It messed with me dozens of times, and sometimes the hauntings were plain comical. It liked to fuck with my thermostat a lot. In the middle of summer, my heat would kick on and my thermostat would be moved to 90. I would get up and change it, sit down, and the heat would immediately come back on. I'd go check thermostat and it would be moved back to 90. Now, maybe you're thinking, oh, just a faulty thermostat, right? Wrong. The thermostat was a little dated and had a physical nub that needed to be moved and required a decent amount of pressure to turn it. I went on deployment and my wife was never haunted, and when I returned home from war, it never bothered us again. Some of the hauntings felt lighthearted, and few were creepy. We had a number of times that cabinets would open and close, and sometimes we'd hear the sound of our dishes breaking or hitting each other, but never had any broken dishes. One of the rooms, however, in our house did put out bad vibes. I would walk into the room and just feel uncomfortable. My wife experienced it as well. Strangely, when I returned from deployment, I never felt those vibes again. Well, Rosebuds, have you guessed which story was the fake? All right. Story number three, The Little Hotel Ghost, was entirely made up by yours truly. So, if you liked today's stories, leave us a comment about which one was your favorite and why. Also, dear Rosebuds, did you know that if you don't hit the like button today, a curse of haunted houses will follow you forevermore? It's absolutely true. So make sure to protect yourself and show us some love by smashing that button. All right, Rosebuds, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay creepy.